Hey, good morning, congregation. I miss seeing you and uh, miss being able to meet together and just enjoy each other's company. The weather we're having lately is, um, in a way, it's been wonderful, hasn't it? To have uh, all the precipitation and have the snow last for so long. It's, it's beautiful and it's uh, saturating the ground with a lot of water. And so we're grateful. Um, got up pretty early here this morning. Um, it's not yet five o'clock, and um, I hear the snow plow going back and forth. And I'm not sure if it's supposed to clear up or not. Um, I'm assuming at least some of you will kind of be stuck at home for the day or the next day or two, I don't know. Yesterday the sun was coming out and I, I wasn't sure if we should be uh, thinking or predicting it would be easy for us or that we would just go ahead and uh, be meeting. That aside, I've decided to go ahead and um, just prepare a little bit of um, a service that you can participate in, listen to. Um, take some time set aside for worship and meditation today. I thought I'd just start by asking you about your interaction with the Word of God. Have you been uh, applying yourself? Have you been working on your uh, reading God's Word, your meditating on God's Word, and, and maybe even more importantly than reading it? Have you been reading it with a heart to have God teach you what what you're being hard about, what, where, where you're not growing? Uh, have you been reading the words so that the Lord can form Christ in you? What kind of a life is the Word of God forming in your life? Remember, the things that we listen to, the things that we consume, these are the Things that form our person. So, that being said, let me uh, just open in a short word of prayer, and then I'm going to actually give you a reading here today. I'm going to read from 1 Kings chapter 20, a little passage here, and give you some things to think about. Let's pray. Oh, mighty God of heaven, stronger than all of the strong things that confront us, that maybe threaten us, the strong things that we dread like sickness, that we threaten to take our life. Lord, you're stronger than all sickness. God, you're stronger than kings and, and people movements. God, you're stronger than... The schemings of, of politicians and kings and armies, oh Lord, how we love to be reminded in your word of, of your great triumphs for your people when they are afraid and they seek you and they seek your help. Lord, when they humble themselves before you, Lord, you you hear the prayer of your people and you come to them God and you help them oh God help us 
as the world increases its affection toward a, a godless philosophy of, of Marxism, of governance that refuses to humble itself before you, our Creator, before you, the writer and maker of all righteousness, of what is right and what is true. Oh Lord, the philosophers and the, and the rulers of our day, they scheme and they plot, many of them just enriching themselves, many of them believing they are helping to engineer a world and a system of governance that is going to provide the ultimate goodness without, <laughs> without any true fear of who our God actually is, without any recognition that there is a God who spoke all things into existence and established a purpose and an order on this earth. God, we thank you for your word and we thank you for the prophets who spoke and wrote and to record for us to establish and to, and to help us so that we might see in the confusion. Oh Lord, we, we rejoice to have your word in our very own language. Oh God, open the eyes and strengthen the hearts. Give perseverance to your people today. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you in the name of Christ, our Savior. Amen. Well, I told you I would read to you a passage here, 1 Kings chapter 20. I'm going to read from verse 31. 1 Kings 20 and verse 31. Kind of an interesting uh, situation here, scene here. King Ahab has been afraid of the threatenings of the Syrians. There's a king in Syria whose name is Ben-Hadad, or Ben-Hadad, I don't really know how you pronounce his name. But God had given victories to King Ahab, who really is a terrible king, honestly, in the, in the northern kingdom of Israel. Uh, king Ahab fears for this, uh, this attack that's coming to him in his city. And because of the pride and the arrogance of uh, Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, and, and the way he speaks about the people of Israel and their God, God gives victories to the people of Israel, really remarkable victories. And so Ahab and, and the people of the northern kingdom have had much relief because God is literally come and help them out of something that they they could not figure out they could not win themselves God was strong for them <clears throat> so Ben Hadad <clears throat> and some of the rulers some of the leaders uh, with him went and hid themselves after uh, the, the last of these battles <clears throat> and they sent word to King Ahab to uh, their, their they're hoping they might find mercy they, they've heard that the kings of Israel are merciful kings 
And so they send word to uh, Ahab. So here we are at verse 31. The servants said to him, this, these are the servants of uh, Ben-Hadad. They said, look, we have heard the kings of the house of Israel are merciful kings. Let us put sackcloth around our waists and ropes around our heads and go out to the king of Israel. Perhaps he will spare your life. So they're contemplating a, a, a self-deprecating posture. They're, they want to bring some words of surrender and they're pleading for mercy. So the sackcloth and the ropes are uh, kind of how they're going to portray uh, a strong, visible humility on their part, begging for mercy from, from Ahab, the king of Israel. And it says here, perhaps he will spare your life. So they wore sackcloth around their waists, put ropes around their heads, came to the king of Israel and said, your servant Ben-Hadad says, please let me live. And he said, Ahab said, is he still alive? He is my brother. Now the men were watching closely to see whether any sign of mercy would come from him, and they quickly grasped at this word and said, Your brother, Ben-Hadad. They, they, they eagerly grabbed onto that and wanted to affirm that. They thought that was a great ray of hope there. So he said, Go bring him. Then Ben-Hadad came out to him, and he had him come up into the chariot. So Ben-Hadad said to him, the cities which my father took from your father, I will restore. And you may set up marketplaces for yourself in Damascus, as my father did in Samaria. Then Ahab said, I will send you away with this treaty. So he made a treaty with him and sent him away. <coughs> and this is a very interesting uh, picture of men's hearts. The kings of Israel and the kings of Judah are a great opportunity for you and I to, to learn to understand how the inner workings of hearts work. What are men like? How do men find themselves uh, uh, approved and, and pleasing to the Lord, how do men fail? How do men uh, do their worst? This is a picture of a, a king who's experienced and, and had great mercy from God, been given tremendous victory uh, over this enemy. And so God gave the enemy into the hand of Israel. Um, God delivering this enemy into the hand of Israel was, was a stated sign so that the people of Israel would know that God was going to help them. God is the Lord. And Actually, you can see there in verse 28, there's a prophet who comes and speaks to the king of Israel. He says, thus says the Lord, because the Syrians have said, and that's who Ben-Hadad is, because the Syrians have said the Lord is God of the hills, but he's not God of the valleys. Therefore, I will deliver this great multitude into your hand, and you shall know that I am the Lord. 
And so God gave them victory in the war so that God could demonstrate his strength for them, his favor for them. So at the end and conclusion of this war, the king of Syria, we read there between uh, verses you know, 33 to the end of the section we read there, 34. Ben-Hadad proposes a treaty. He says, hey, I surrender. And I'll give you back all the stuff. I'll, uh, we will. <coughs> let's, let's make up. Let's be friends, he says there in verse 34. Now, what's interesting is God had given the enemy into the hand of Ahab. But then Ahab begins to contemplate this treaty. Why would he do that? Why would Ben-Hadad at this point go and begin making a treaty with this foreign king? Well, Ben-Hadad suggested that Ahab could come and open up marketplaces in the city of Damascus. You could come to our biggest, richest, most commercial place, and you can come and make money there, is what Ben-Hadad says to Ahab. And Ahab takes the offer. Ahab sees this opportunity. He, he, he loves this opportunity because most men love the thought of being able to make money. Most men love the opportunity to have an advantage to make big for themselves. When instead, what he should have done is is known that this was a people who were the enemies of God. This is a people who openly flaunted their uh, disregard for God and, and God's country, God's people. These people were very, very much against our Lord, against what our Lord honors. But Ahab made a treaty with him. Ahab compromised his his friendship and his relationship so that he could make money, so that he could do business with Ahab. If we jump on forward to uh, verse uh, 42, a prophet comes and, and speaks to the king Ahab. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a, a, a little bit more here. Um, I'm gonna go up to verse. Let's just read from verse 35. Okay, no reason we shouldn't. Look at verse 35. Chapter 20, verse 35. A certain man of the sons of the prophets said to his neighbor, By the word of the Lord, strike me. And the man refused to strike him. Now listen to this. This is really so helpful for us to know what the word of God is. Then he said to him, the prophet said, Because you have not obeyed the voice of the Lord, surely as soon as you depart from me, a lion will kill you. So this man was instructed by the prophet, hit me, but he wouldn't do it. And you might not want to do it. You might say to yourself, well, I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to hit him. But a person must obey the prophet. It's the word of God. It's, it's binding to the conscience. But this man wouldn't do it. And as soon as he left him, a lion found him and killed him. And he found another man and said, Strike me, please. Now, remember, this is a prophet. Verse 35 said, He was a certain man of the sons of the prophets. 
and he said by the word of the Lord okay he, 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 he said something like this is the word of the Lord so he speaks with the prophet's authority and the prophet's word and he comes to another man and 37 says strike me please so the man struck him inflicting a wound and the prophet departed and waited for the king by the road and disguised himself with a bandage over his eyes as the king passed by he cried out to the king and said your servant went out into the midst of the battle and there a man came over and brought a man to me and said guard this man if by any means he's missing your life shall be for his life or else you shall pay a talent of silver while your servant was busy here and there he was gone said the prophet then the king of Israel said to him so shall your judgment be you yourself have decided it and so Ahab just freely and easily recognizes that, that this would indicate his guilt and he was wrong and he would have to pay so verse 41 says he hastened to take the bandage away from his eyes and the king of Israel recognized him as one of the prophets then he said to him thus says the Lord because you have let slip out of your hand a man whom I appointed to utter destruction therefore your life shall go for his life and your people for his people so the king of Israel went to his house sullen and displeased and came to Samaria these readings these these revelations of stories in the Old Testament are a great opportunity for us to to see the 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 sinful inclinations of our own hearts are you a person who is inclined to make friends or to partner with the world to partner with the marketplace to give you advantage even if it means compromising um, the Lord's name would you have a partnership in a in a pagan business in a non-christian framework so that you could profit although that the the persons and the philosophies within that agency uh, within that uh, business are not for the Lord not for God's glory openly antagonistic to the Lord that's what uh, Ahab had done here and Ahab has the judgment of God spoken against him because of this compromise anyway that is a great reading for us I hope that that uh, gives you some things to think about and chew on we will shortly uh, be hearing from the word of God